Radio in San Francisco. This is Flashpoints. I'm Dennis Bernstein. Today on the show, frontline investigative reporter Greg Palast updates the battle to protect your vote in the wake of growing threats of right-wing political violence throughout the South, the Southwest, and all across this country. All this and more coming up straight ahead on Flashpoints. Stay tuned. And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. My name is Dennis Bernstein. This is your daily investigative news magazine. We come to you every weekday from 5 to 6 over the Pacifica Radio Network. We're coming to you tonight from San Francisco and out of KPFA in the Bay Area. Happy uh, to have you along. And we begin uh, once again uh, with a very serious edition of the Election Crimes Bulletin. This whole election is being rigged. The election is being rigged. It's totally rigged. Yes, Donald. It's rigged because your cronies rigged it. So says Rolling Stone investigative reporter Greg Palast. You're removing black voters from the voter rolls just so you can win this election? We will treat those people from January 6th fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons. So you didn't call him, but you challenged his right to vote or have his ballot challenged. Sir, get out of my house. Okay, I will get, get out, out of, of your house. house. I just... Now. It's now time for your Election Crimes Bulletin with Greg Pallast. And this is Dennis Bernstein with Greg Pallast. The Election Crimes Bulletin on Flashpoints. There is a lot going on. Now, Greg, uh, good to have you back with us. Uh, we have been talking about this from... Uh, some time as you all began to name Ali Alexander and point out that the the so-called uh, traditional Republican Party was going extreme right uh, and going violent. Uh, since that time, we have seen the threats of violence uh, grow, and we hear now uh, from the feds in one agency or another talking about endless threats of violence that center around voting around elections. This has been your battlefront. This is what we've been doing on the Election Crimes Bulletin and with you, Greg, back uh, since 2000. But it is extremely serious now. Let, let, let's begin uh, in Georgia with uh, Fannie Willis. She's asking for major security. Uh, Trump is uh, talking about, this is Trump, I believe, as a, quote, potential death and destruction. Yes. Well, I'm very what obviously Fannie Willis, who's the um, Fulton County prosecutor. Fulton County is the biggest county in Atlanta, which has actually made up of five counties. Um, and, uh, you know, Fannie Willis has said that sometime between July 11th and the beginning of September, she's going to announce uh, indictments, assuming there are some and we can assume so, in the uh, obstruction of the of the 2020 election. And, um, you know, you have Trump's famous phone call to the Secretary of State in which he says, find me 11,800 some votes, uh, the, the margin out of 5 million that he uh, lost to Joe Biden. But what's what uh, Fannie Willis is concerned about, what she's asked the court to do is to make special arrangements and, and have all um, uh, police personnel, security personnel with the state be aware that as an indictment comes down, um, that there could be serious 
violence, which is a suggestion. I mean, you know, again, now we're reading tea leaves, but it's a suggestion that Trump may be among those indicted. Remember that the grand jury has not made its decision. They're sitting now, the second grand jury. A first one did say that there should be indictments, but we don't know of whom. Um, I don't know if Trump's going to be indicted. I don't even want to make a guess, but I would say that um, uh, that uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani is in real trouble. He should be uh, uh, measuring himself for a custom orange suit, I would say, right now. And that goes into things like like the attempt to, um, for for reasons unclear to me, um, well, well, I know what they were trying to do, uh, but um, Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani um, were able to uh, um, con their way into getting um, tapes of voting machines from Coffee County. They were looking for evidence that the voting machines are fixed. But you have to understand, Dennis, the, the craziness of this. You don't have electronic voting machines in Georgia. You have something simply called uh, ballot marking devices. They literally take a paper ballot and the machine so that there's no confusion because there's a huge number of spoiled ballots in America. This is actually an improvement where a machine marks your ballot cleanly. You can review it and say, yeah, that's, that's how I wanted to vote, and then there's a paper ballot, and then there's – and so you have a clean paper ballot, which can be recounted, and they were. So no matter what happened with machines, the machines they're looking at, by the way, are the scanners of these paper ballots. But you have to understand it doesn't matter anyway because in Georgia they did a physical hand count of the paper ballots twice, and they could not find any fraud. Um, in fact, uh, they seem to – Biden picked up uh, 100 votes out of several million on the, uh, by looking at the physical right. counting, just the physical ballots, but but intimidate. This is the this is the big uh, one general statement I really need to make is that in the twenty some years we've been talking about racial vote suppression, now we have something uh, that's coming back from the fifties and early sixties, which is physical intimidation of voters of color and on a mass basis. It's coordinated. And it's organized, and it's um, and that's all over the country: Georgia, Arizona, Texas, Florida, um, and and many other states. All right, let, let's talk about Arizona. Um, stuff mm-hmm. is happening everywhere, but let's talk about Arizona about the uh, what the League of Women Voters uh, are saying. Uh, they verse in election. Uh, they versing uh, uh, versus uh, clean elections, USA. Yes, well, Clean Elections USA um, was uh, should be named, renamed Armed Elections USA. <laughs> they have been intimidating voters at, in minority areas at ballot drop boxes in Arizona. Um, you had uh, people actually showing up with guns and military fatigues, et cetera, people yelling at voters. They see a Mexican-American voter, and they start screaming that they're mules. That's, if you remember, the term that was used in 2000, 2000 mules, uh, supposedly people illegally stuffing ballot boxes. And once again, Arizona was – the physical ballots were recounted, the physical ballots, and they couldn't – and they reviewed the signatures. That They couldn't find a single case, not one single case of voter fraud. Nevertheless, 
you have this intimidation operation. And um, Axios did a great job of getting a freedom of information request responses showing that there were over 1,000 violent threats in um, in Arizona in that in the uh, presidential wow. election. When, and in fact, and then in the last election, then Katie Hobbs, who is the Secretary of State, a Democrat, um, uh, when she ran for governor against Carrie Lake, who was screaming voter fraud, uh, she got a threat that they were going to detonate a bomb, that someone was going to detonate a bomb in her personal, quote, in her personal space, whatever that meant. Uh, they arrested a, an, uh, a man coming in from Iowa into uh, into Phoenix, Arizona, who was going to hang the supervisor of elections in uh, the Democrat in Phoenix. Um, Beautiful. You know, uh, um, it was um, uh, so. So once again, there are uh, again almost um, um, one thousand threats in Arizona alone of violence. This is a whole new thing, and I was just in Arizona. Some of it's undercover, so I can't get into too much detail. But uh, we are on top of this. Amazing. And, of course, uh, we can move right on to Texas. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, tell us about uh, Stephen Hotze or Hotz and the Liberty Hotz, Center yeah. for God and Country. Well, uh, you know, I have nothing against God and Country. Or nor liberty, but a guy named, uh, but this is very very rich guy named Stephen Hotze, uh, has been funding um, uh, intimidation uh, of uh, of uh, poll workers. So uh, so again, again, this comes out of Donald Trump, who released the film Two Thousand Mules at Mar-a-Lago, saying that people are stuffing ballot boxes. In this case, now you have to, to stuff a ballot box, you have to steal ballots. You can't just print. Ballots. Every mail-in ballot, if you look at your mail-in ballots in California, you'll see a barcode, you'll see a QR code. The ballot itself is not secret. Your name has a special identifier with it. The, your vote, your actual content of your ballot is secret, but not the fact that you ballot that you have a ballot, and it is specific to you. You can't just take someone else's mail-in ballot, sign it, and send it in because it will check the signature and it will be thrown out. So I just want to tell you that, that this it's almost basically impossible to happen, and they found not a single case of it. Yet the um, uh, uh, segments of the GOP are claiming, uh, and this guy Hotze funded investigations claiming that Commissioner Rodney Ellis, who is, by the way, an Ivy League law graduate, went to the London School of Economics, but he is African-American, I do want to warn you, and he apparently arranged for the theft of 700000 Ballots, which he then had forged and stuffed into the ballot boxes in Houston, which is Harris County. Which, by the way, that would be half of the ballots mailed in or put in, uh, uh, submitted in, in Harris County were stolen or forged, according to the right wing. Uh, according to Hotze, well, being crazy is one thing, but committing violent acts is another. So one of his the investigators that Hotze hired um, was told that thousands of ballots were in a van, um, you know, disguised as air conditioning repair truck. So they found the air conditioning repair truck that was supposedly uh, a cover for hauling these illegal ballots around. And um, this and this investigator, a former Houston cop, by the way, um, 
slammed into the truck, ran it off the road. Uh, lucky that the guy wasn't killed who was run off the road. Then the cop, the ex-cop, runs out with a gun, puts a gun in the face of the air conditioning repairman, handcuffs him, throws him on the ground, gets a key, and opens the back of his truck to find, instead of thousands of ballots, a bunch of air conditioning ducts and you know bolts and wrenches and stuff. Um, then um, the police show up, and this guy, is, this ex-cop is claiming he was actually doing a, a, a special, uh, he's a licensed investigator, doing a special election, um, investigation, and that this poor Mexican-American air conditioning man had attacked him. Um, but even the cops, uh, then they looked up his record. He had been charged with 20 acts of official aggression and intimidation, one of the reasons he left the force. They realized that the story was BS. But you have to understand what's happening. He's pulling guns, running people off the road. And here's the ugly thing, if you just think it's just some crazy thing. The guy organizing this, Hotsies, hired scores of these uh, supposed investigators. They're really intimidating vigilantes. He sent $266,000 to this cop who smashed into the air conditioning truck and ran the guy off the road and then pulled a gun on him. After he was arrested for that action, he received $266,000. So those who are committing acts of intimidation, literally, and this could we could end up uh, with the charge of attempted murder here, um, and... You're, they're being they're being signaled. You will be paid handsomely. Don't worry. We'll provide the lawyers and we'll pay you handsomely. Um, this is uh, this is just the beginning of a very ugly trend. It's unbelievable. Let's uh, we're speaking with Greg Palace. This is the Election Crimes Bulletin, and there are uh, many crimes in progress. And really, the work you began many years ago, Greg, has uh, taken on a new importance. Given that uh, we've seen the the entire country, many states in the country, adopt uh, what's been going on in Georgia, what we see and have seen, and what you've documented. Uh, uh, and uh, speaking of what you've documented, where we started uh, in Florida, and uh, there, uh, I guess it's time to return to the scene of the crime because it ain't no picnic there uh, for no, voter so, yes. rights. So, in fact, the general trend that's scaring me is, as you know, we have a full-time person at the Palace Investigative Fund, Zach Roberts, who spends his time, you know, hunting and, and infiltrating the right-wing groups who are, you know, always threatening racial violence, et cetera, like the Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, Boogaloo Boys, et cetera. The, what we are finding now is the amalgamation of the ultra-right with the so-called voter integrity movement, so that you now have these, basically, the, the, the skinhead army is now unleashed on voters. And it's one thing to have the private armies, as we saw on January 6th. Uh, it, you know, that, that should have been a bit of a warning that violence is uh, creeping into the political system, or, or I shouldn't say creeping in, uh, rushing into the political system. But now it's being picked up by officials. That is, we have something brand new, which is special elections police forces 
established by the in every case it's the Republicans. I'm not being partisan. Just that every one of these cases that are Republican secretaries of state setting up private police forces, which are kicking in doors, literally arresting people. You know, body cam footage of arresting so-called fraudulent voters. They can never find these fraudulent voters, but they arrest them, put that on television. You know, so for example, in Florida, this is under DeSantis. Um, there was a, uh, the, you know, the, the public voted overwhelming, including the majority of Republicans, to say that ex-cons can have the right to vote. It's one of the only states in America where an ex-con doesn't have the right to vote. And um, so the, uh, uh, the Republican legislature, to undo the, the voters' wishes, passed a law saying you have to finish all sentences and pay all fines and court fees. Well... You were busted for two joints in your pocket literally 30 years ago. No one has a record of what you owe or don't owe. Um, There's just no records. So this has scared away most of the ex-cons now from the information I have have not registered. And we're not talking a small amount of people. There are about 1.4 million ex-cons in Florida, overwhelmingly, um, you know, African-Americans, and some Hispanics, but that's the overwhelming group, about 40, when I say overwhelming group, 46% of ex-cons in Florida are African Americans, and we can go through all the reasons why that is so, but all I can tell you is they know that when they're stopping these people from re-registering, and 85% of ex-cons vote Democratic, something about the time of the quink uh, makes you a little more sympathetic to to, uh, the less fortunate, and so they know this. So one thing that they did is that they there was one gentleman who um, asked the county supervisor, Can't, "May I vote? I was convicted of a crime. I served my time. I, you know, I finished my." Uh, and he he asked if he could vote. The county election supervisor said, "Yes, you may vote, but here's a provisional ballot just to make sure." They grabbed this guy at a dawn raid. With you know, with and they had TV cameras and body cams. You know, they they haul him out, uh, robocops with automatic weapons, the full gear, like you know, like this is like some mass killer, and they haul him out in front of the cameras in his underwear because it's they hauled him out of bed, and they wouldn't let him put on a pair of pants with the cameras there, and uh, this type of intimidation basically has been extremely effective in stopping ex-cons from gaining their right to vote. It's been very effective. You know, it's very hard now to get ex-cons. And they're doing this all over the country. If you remember, we had um, the, uh, in my film Vigilante, I have the case of Olivia Pearson, Douglas County, uh, Douglas City Douglas, Coffee County, the first black woman who ever elected to, um, in Coffee County, and I've been there. It's like being, you know, it's like the old Confederacy. The, you know, it's like there's Confederate soldier statues in front of the courthouse, et cetera. She, when she became the first black elected official, one of her uh, jobs, city council, is to help voters who may have, who have um, either learning disabilities or some other handicap, physical handicap, and need help um, uh, casting their ballot. But they have to fill out a form saying, I want help. So you had uh, some people uh, fill out forms, and she helps them as the law requires her to do and and, uh, encourages her to do. And then Brian Kemp, the current governor, 
he personally ordered her arrest on felony charges for for interference with the vote. She stood up to five years in prison. So this is, you know, her mother is the head of the NAACP, the only black official in that county. And she's facing five years in prison for doing her job of helping voters. A jury literally threw out that case. We're, I think in listen, minutes. listen, Greg. Yeah, we're, we're we're it's an unbelievable story, and obviously, there's going we're going to be following Florida and uh, across mm-hmm. the country what goes on. We're we're yes. just about uh, out of time for this segment, but I do want you to hit for a minute. Uh, it does seem like uh, the special prosecutor Jack Smith is serious here. Yes. It seems like he's getting into some, wouldn't you say? You've been a skeptic about, uh, and you've been right most of the time in terms of where the investigations are going, when they are or aren't going. But That's right. this guy well, seems damn serious. Well, yes, he is very serious. Jack Smith is known as, he was a, you know, a war crimes tribunal judge, which is one of the reasons that, the, that it, this started late. However, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, waited two years for a special prosecutor which was crazy given what happened on January 6th. But, I, you know, I'm not going to – that's uh, – so there was a delay of two years. And then he only um, asked Jack Smith to act as special prosecutor on a very narrow matter, which is did Trump uh, obstruct the return of classified documents back to the National Archives, you know, the, 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 the boxes at Mar-a-Lago. But as a federal, as a special prosecutor, Jack Smith has the right to go wherever the evidence takes him, and Merrick Garland can't say a word to him because he's special prosecutor. He's not allowed to talk to Merrick Garland. He's not allowed to talk to people from justice who aren't working assigned to him. So there's no political interference. And because there's no interference, he says, I'm going after the crimes that I see. And he has shocked everyone by going out and saying, we're investigating the evidence in front of us, including... They want to know how Jared Kushner got $2 billion from the Saudi Sovereign Fund. In addition, uh, Trump golf courses are now hosting this new Saudi kind of rump golf league, the, the, uh, li- the live league. And uh, Trump is picking up all kinds of fees uh, from Saudi Arabia. Then it turns out Jack Smith found out that, uh, that the Saudis were backing him uh, in China, France, Turkey, Kuwait, Oman, United Arab Emirates, uh, um, basically paying, uh, putting up the money for Trump to expand his hotel and uh, golf course oh, empire. And so, right. hold this that is thought, real Greg. Serious hold stuff. that. Yeah. Hold that thought, please, Greg mm-hmm. Palace. Okay. His name is Greg Palast. You find all his work at gregpalast.com. We're going to take a short break. Some of you are going to continue to hear uh, some sounds from Greg's film, and some of you are going to hear some sounds from me and Greg. Stay with us. Hello, I'm Martin Sheen, and you are about to see a horror movie. It's about how bloodthirsty vampires have sunk their fangs into our democracy through voter suppression. It's called Vigilante, and it follows investigative reporter Greg Palast as he exposes how Georgia Governor Kemp and his posse have succeeded in blocking the right to vote of more than 250,000 American citizens of color. Suppressing the right to vote is not limited to Georgia by any means. It's spread to Arizona and Texas and Michigan, and it's coming to a state near you. And so is this film. 
It took a great deal of courage for Greg Pallas to expose voter suppression. And you can join this heroic effort by going to SaveMyVote2022.org. And remember, one heart with courage is a majority. Thank you. You don't know any Tamara Moore. You're absolutely certain you don't. You didn't call him, but you challenged his right to vote or have his ballot challenged. Get out of my house. Okay. Get out of my house now. So people still feel it here in the, the South? Civil War, yeah. Yes, but you've got to remember the South. The Civil War didn't end for us with the Civil War. We had Reconstruction for generations afterwards. You know what I mean, the war destroyed the South, and then Reconstruction crushed what was left. The thing was during Reconstruction, you know, the, the South was required to, to when they made changes to election laws, it was had federal approval because to protect the rights of the minorities and things in the South. So now they feel like there's some justice. You're finally getting back some of your rights from. Yeah, a lot of people do. I believe. I really, honestly do. I mean, that's why they fought so hard to do that. Okay, so what is this again? The Georgia Secession flag. It's the Georgia Secession, Secession flag. flag. So this is Georgia's own state flag. And some people called it the Georgia Republic flag because Georgia was an independent republic for 26 days before they joined the Confederacy. Uh, is this should be your future flag? That's what that man over there said. <laughs> what do you think? I agree with him. Uh -huh. I agree with him. The way things is going, we're going to have to do something. So is it time to... Uh... I think it's time Rebel to do, it's again? time to do something. Time to do something if we don't get it back in November. Well, we need to um, try to elect the right officials into the government office. Uh, we need to get rid of wokeism, cancel culture, mm -hmm. and all these things that's killing America. Do you think that you can get a fair election in Georgia? Well, I think now we can, hopefully. Yeah. Why now? What's changed? The odor uh, laws. So I'm down in Georgia with these grown men dressed up for civil war, and they're all excited about this new voting law in Georgia, a law 
They're certain will allow the South to rise again. Laws called SB 202, and it's 98 pages of breathtaking obstacles to voting. I mean, they've made mail-in voting nearly illegal. They've shuttered ballot drop boxes. They've cut Sunday black souls to the polls day. And if you hand someone a slice of pizza or a bottle of water while they're waiting in line for five hours, you'll be charged with a felony crime. I'm not kidding. In Georgia, pizza is an act of civil disobedience. I've been covering vote suppression for The Guardian, BBC, Rolling Stone for two decades, and I've never seen anything like it. But what shook me up? I'm going through the bill, and I see a landmine planted in it. It's barely noticeable. For the first time in Georgia history, any voter can challenge an unlimited number of other voters and stop their ballots from being counted. And when I say unlimited, I mean unlimited. Our team contacted all 159 counties in Georgia, Muskogee County tells us 4,000 voters were challenged. In Cobb County, it was 48,000 voters challenged. My husband is a huge Disney fan. And, oh, geez. Tom, you should have moved our ammo. There's our ammo. <laughs> <laughs> So my name is Pamela Reardon. I am currently sixth district committee woman to the state party. So the last two years, I hit over 10,000 doors for President Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Did President Trump really lose the state of Georgia? No. Tell me why. Why do you think that? Because I know for sure uh -huh. that voters have voted here and do not live here. I, I got to give you this. Um, this is, do you know this woman? That, do, you, do you recognize that woman? Um, not offhand. You don't recognize her? No, but do you, I, do you if, if they were taking pictures with me with them, <laughs> I mean... I, I'm, not gonna, I'm, not, I'm not going to blame you if you took a picture with her. She's a very nice person. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Her name is Tamara Horn. Do you know Tamara? You don't know any Tamara? I don't. The name's not familiar. You're absolutely certain you don't? I don't. Tamara. You never spoke to her? No, no. What, what about this guy and his wife on his honeymoon? See, there he is, just so the camera could see that. He's on his honeymoon. But do you recognize that man? No. His interesting name. His name is Storm Saul. Mm -hmm. uh, and I suppose he was on the list. Yeah. Did you did you ever speak to Storm Saul? No. I told you already. I did not speak in, to the thirty-two thousand people. But uh, <laughs> okay. Um, well. I can't even. I can't even follow up on my own people that are calling all the time. So you never call them, but you challenge the right to vote. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the list. Oh, explain that story. In fact, if I get the math right, you made two challenges. You challenged 32,379 voters said, don't count their ballots or, you know. No, no, just, just send them a letter mm -hmm. to come in and prove that they live still in Georgia at that address. Okay, I have a piece of paper from you. This is what you filed with the, with the uh, county, which said you are challenging her right to have her ballot counted. No, I'm not. It says right here, accept this letter as a challenge to these electors' eligibility to vote. Signed, Pamela Reardon. Uh, I can't go storm. through 32,000 people. I was handed Wait, the list. you can't go through, through 32,000. Through me. the vote, vetted these. Have you ever heard of the Ku Klux Klan okay, law? Okay, so this. Have you heard of the Ku Klux Klan law of 1871? I'm from Canada. So you don't know the Ku Klux Klan law. I'm from Canada. You don't know Georgia law. I, 
Ku Klux Klan law of 1871. Get out! Do you believe this woman shouldn't ha have her vote counted? That has nothing to do with it. Is this an attempt to remove to a lot of Democrats, black people it. no, it from isn't. voting to I win the election? I am far from that, sir. And you have crossed the line. You have crossed the line. Get out of my house now. I shall get out of your house Before now. Before I throw you. And, and you are sure that this is your legal voting address? You asshole. <laughs> Thank you. They do have a rifle right next to the door, so believe me, I wasn't going to overstay my welcome. So we phoned about 800 of these allegedly illegal voters, and they were shocked. First, what do you mean my right to vote is being challenged? And what do you mean I don't live where I live? We added it up, and more than a quarter million Georgians are facing a challenge to their vote by these vigilante vote challengers, 88 of them. And one of them likes to dress up like, well, a vigilante. This is a um, new, it's a Ruger new Vaquero. It's a single action. I got it stuck in there where it won't fall out. So. <laughs> I am Alton Russell from Columbus, Georgia. I am the Georgia Telltale. And I'm a toilet paper salesman the way I make my living. Wiping up. Right now, I'm the chairman of the Columbus Muskogee Republican Party, and I serve on the state committee and the state executive committee for the Georgia State Republican Party. So I'm, I'm pretty involved in that, which I think is the right. Let's see, that would be the right way to be, and also I'm on the right. Apparently, um, you had filed some challenges to 4,000 voters. Yes. No ballot. No ballot in the mail, called the register, and the announcement there was, Mr. Turner, you have been challenged. Major Gamaliel Turner is the military's expert on warfare of the future. I project weapons and capabilities out to the future. You know, for me, it's all about the survival of the soldier. Assigned to Port Wyneme in California. So you're telling me 2,600 miles away, two days or three days before an election, that if I want to vote, all I have to do is show up and prove as an American citizen that I have the right to vote again. You talk to fools like that. You talk to fools like that. I'm not a fool. You can't compel somebody to say, oh, you can vote. I'm trying to vote now. How are you going to put these other things like, uh, it's no more than a poll tax. It's no more than how many pieces of bubble gum are in this draw. It's the same thing over and over, just modernized and reviewed. So it's an old Jim Crow tax. It's the same thing. But I know what it looks like because I was there. Indeed, he was there. Major Turner comes from an illustrious civil rights family. His father, Reverend Harold Turner, founded the Southern Christian Leadership Conference alongside Reverends Ralph Abernathy and Martin Luther King. A lot of the meetings, private meetings, coordinating meetings was done at our house. Martin was there, Reverend Abernathy was there. 
they were just like friends and family and people coming in. Uh, we're sitting here at this table, but I'm gonna tell you, this table had papers on it. This was a working table. Speaking from the pulpit, I had an opportunity to change some lives. Did I take that opportunity wisely? I think I did. Oh, I looks I like did. you did. He baptized me. Oh, wow. So, thank me. <laughs> the modern civil rights movement that was born right here at this dining room table would lead to the passage of the Voting Rights Act and change America's heart and soul. A revolution planned right here because the Turner House was strategically located between the King and Abernathy homes. So the leadership could cross through a series of backyards and not be seen for their safety. This is a hideout. They slowly but surely, one at a time, a five or 10 minute gap between each other, will come through the backyards and sit. Bless this house of Lord. He remembers praying. Standing on solid ground. Praying they wouldn't be arrested or beaten on their way back home. Let the Lord in. It was a very scary conversation about what they were about to do. His mother taught at an integrated school. Then it was firebombed by segregationists. It was tough. It was tough. It was tough. Being black. How did you feel when they said, you've been challenged? I was angry. I was fearful. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Not my country. Not now. Not this day and time. It was just, just hard to accept. It was hard to accept. Excuse me. And behind the challenge to Major Turner. I blow up government spending. My chainsaws are Behind the vigilante law is this man. I got a big truck. Just in case I need to round up criminal illegals and take them home myself. Yep, I just said that. I'm Brian Kemp. If you want a politically incorrect conservative, that's me. I've been investigating vote suppression for decades, but for each of the last nine years, my investigations always end up in Georgia, ever since this Brian Kemp became Secretary of State. Here's an example. Leading up to the 2016 presidential election, Rolling Stone wants me to investigate a scheme that's removing thousands of voters that are voting in two states. Well. Voting twice is a crime, so they're knocking off these thousands of voters. But where do they get the lists of double voters? I find that Brian Kemp is sharing his voter rolls with another Secretary of State, a guy in Kansas named Chris Kobach. Kobach is Donald Trump's special vote fraud hunter. Kobach takes Kemp's list of voters and cross-checks it against the voter rolls in two dozen states, and they're scrubbing literally hundreds of thousands of double voters from the rolls all these criminals. So I get my hands on Kemp's little secret list, and guess what? The double voters all have names like Jose Garcia, 
James Brown. In fact, in Georgia, they claim that this James Brown voted 288 times. I'm looking closely at the lists and realizing that almost none of the middle names match. They didn't care. They got rid of thousands of Jose Garcias in two dozen states. And while I'm in Georgia, I stopped at the Ebenezer Baptist Church, you know, Martin Luther King's old church, and I run into the leader of the Democrats in the state legislature. My deep concern is that this is one more attempt to purge voters unlawfully and without adequate information, as opposed to what a Secretary of State should be committed to, which is enfranchising voters to the best of his ability. And while I was at the church, I also showed the Kemp hit list to the minister. So far, there's been very little evidence produced uh, to show the basis for all of these voter ID laws, uh, cutting voting in half, uh, this is voter suppression, pure and simple. In 2018, I'm sent back down to Georgia because this time Kemp has removed a breathtaking half million voters from the voter rolls. He says they don't live in Georgia anymore. Okay, you don't live in Georgia, you shouldn't vote in Georgia. So I get Kemp's new hit list and give it to the same experts who tell Amazon and Google where you live. Believe me, they know where you live. The experts run Kemp's list through their computer, and they tell me here are 340,134 voters who still live at their legal voting address. In 2018, Kemp is Secretary of State, so he's in charge of the voting. So he knocks off all these legal voters while he's running for governor. I tried every way conceivable to talk to Kemp about the voter purges, including filing a lawsuit. I finally caught up with him at a pig roast. Uh, Mr. Kemp, are you removing black voters from the voter rolls just so you can win this election? Sir, why do we have to sue you to get the, to get the names of voters who've been removed? Why are you... You know, we use the wonderfully polite term voter suppression, but come on. When your car gets stolen, you don't say, my car's been suppressed, my car's been suppressed. It's been stolen. Your right to vote's been stolen. Now I'm talking all these numbers, like 340,000 voters, 48,000 voters, 32,000 voters, but it's not just numbers. I've been to the polls, and I've been there when these Americans are told, go away, you can't vote here anymore. Has this ever happened to you before? Never. And it's just, it's horrible. She's been in this community back when we could when they were doing sit-ins. She held civil rights meetings in her home. And today to come out and not be able to vote and no one can give you an explanation, like it's extremely emotional and it bothers me. It bothers me to my core. Like there's actually no record of her whatsoever voting in any election whatsoever and it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. The next day I went over to her home, the home Kemp said she no longer lives in. I'm given her age. I asked her if she ever met Martin Luther King. And she said, yeah, he had Sunday dinners here. He was my cousin. Daddy King was my great uncle. So, you know, when I grew up around, like, constantly hearing about the civil rights movement and everything that people have done for us to get this, to get this power, and to know that it was taken away from my grandmother, like, next year it could be taken away from me. Like, you never know, and I, I was just really hurt. 
And I, I, I really couldn't believe it. I, <laughs> I could not believe it. Since I was about five, I've been going with her to vote. Every year, like religiously. And mm -hmm. she always made sure I got my voter sticker. You gotta get your sticker. So it's like you were disappeared, like you were not even a person That's anymore. That's what I said, I was dead and gone, buried. <laughs> But I'm still on top of the earth by the help of the master. Now, what could possibly be the excuse for canceling the votes of Christine Jordan, Major Turner? The politician's excuse is always the same, voter fraud. Evidence of voter fraud. We have numerous double voters. Millions of ballots all over the country. There's fraud. They found them in creeks. Yeah. Truth is, they want voter fraud. Voter fraud. Voter fraud. We have numerous out-of-state voters. California, Georgia, Indiana, Alabama, Washington, and so many other states. The deceased casting ballots. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. Well, elections are more important than necklaces, but for some reason, we don't act that way. It's a fraud. Now, President Trump claimed there were thousands of illegal voters in Georgia. Where did Trump get this crazy idea? I led the fight to aggressively investigate all allegations of voter fraud. Stop voter fraud. Stop potential voter fraud. Kemp arrested dozens. He's accused thousands. He's canceled the registrations of over half a million suspect voters, but not one. Not a single voter has been convicted of attempting to cast an illegal ballot. Now, I'm not saying there's no fraud ever. Out of several billion, and I mean billion ballots cast in the past decade in America, there are a few cheats. These three retirees from the villages are charged with voter fraud. Prosecutors say they cast multiple ballots during last year's presidential election. Joan Halstead, Jay Sedzik, and John Ryder were all registered Republicans at the time. One side screaming voter fraud, and the other side they're actually finding yeah. people that's committed voter fraud. I think that's mm -hmm. a little hilarious. But when Trump and Kemp talk about voters stuffing ballot boxes, they don't mean white voters. It's an old story. A hundred years ago, there was a Ku Klux Klan propaganda film called Birth of a Nation. It showed a white actor in blackface sneaking in an extra ballot. The film was a huge hit. It was screened at the White House. And it convinced Americans that you had to have all these restrictions on black people or they'll commit voter fraud. Now today, there's a new film. 2,000 Mules, live from Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Former President Donald Trump, live on SalemNewsChannel.com. It's the new birth of a nation. And once again, it says that black men, by the thousands, commit voter fraud. They vote several times. This particular individual we have um, in a number of different locations. He's actually a mule. It gets out, approaches the box. When people walk up with intention to cheat, they look around, they basically walk fairly quickly, they try to stuff them in, they try to get out of there. In this case, he drops a few on the ground, pick them up, stuff them into the box. And then he hustles back and hustles out of there. So this is what it looks like. All I see is a black guy putting a couple of ballots into a drop box. You know, folks drop in their family's ballots too, which Georgia law encourages. Now dig this. Every single drop box in Georgia has a security camera on it. And the 2000 Mules guys say this voter has dumped ballots in 27 drop boxes and they have the videotapes. But oddly, they don't show the 27 videotapes. They show the same tape over and over. 
and he's a shoehorn. This is a smoking gun. This is O.J. Simpson being seen leaving the scene of the crime. But they tell you they have something better than videotape. What we're going to show you now, what kicks it up a notch is that we have the geospatial data to support the video. They've got a very fancy scientific method to nail these black ballot stuffers. It's called geotracking. They track millions of cell phones. It's very scientific. They show satellites up in the sky and computer lights flashing back and forth and these mules going from Dropbox to Dropbox. I mean, it's pretty convincing. Unless you know something about geotracking, which is that you can't get closer than about 93 feet. So anyone within 93 feet of a Dropbox is a mule. Now, who would go by these same drop boxes every day? Well, how about we change the name of the film from 2,000 Mules to 2,000 Mailmen? Wow. So did you so, see O.J. Simpson leaving the scene no, of the I crime? Mean, but let me tell you what I saw. You know, this is the, the complexity and the nuance of racism in America. That by the very presence of who he is, he's considered guilty. Because so. in the dehumanizing of black people, who the hell is he to think that he has a right to, to, to vote? The truth didn't matter. What they want was the image. And just them showing up alone constitutes something fishy and, and criminal-like is happening. That is the greater issue. And then to call a human being a mule. Yeah. A, a man who literally is getting out his car, doing his democratic duty to go vote, and to refer to him as a mule, I mean, l full stop. Where do we go from there? So who came up with this 2,000 mules film? It's an outfit called True the Vote. You may recall their other handiwork. Let, let me explain. Yeah, go ahead. Those lists come from True the Vote. <clears throat> Who's True the Vote? They're out, of a t they're out of Texas, and they work on this constantly, and they've been uh -huh. doing it for over 10 years. This is the crew out of Texas that targeted Major Turner. And they're the hitmen behind mass attacks on hundreds of thousands of voters from Missouri to Pennsylvania. I hunted down the source of True the Vote's cash to Milwaukee, to the doorstep of their uber right-wing billionaire backers, the Bradley Family Foundation. Now, the Bradley Foundation secretary is Cleta Mitchell. Mitchell's being subpoenaed by Congress for her role in the January 6th insurrection. Brian Kemp didn't invent the voter vigilantes. The challenge game goes back to 1946 to a character named Eugene Talmadge. Talmadge was the Ku Klux Klan's candidate for governor of Georgia. Well, we had lots of fun out of the campaign. You know, in this campaign, they accused me of practically everything except a capital offense. But he had a problem. Talmadge's enemy, Franklin D. Roosevelt, promised to protect the votes of black soldiers who'd fought in World War II. Talmadge's response? He told his gang in white sheets to fill out printed sheets, challenging individual black voters, claiming they didn't live at their voting address. Governor Brian Kemp's crew has now replaced white sheets with spreadsheets. Instead of challenging just one black voter on a single sheet of paper, the new vigilantes have gone digital submitting spreadsheets challenging thousands of voters at the push of a button. Talmadge won the Georgia governorship, but even in 1946, his racist tactics disgusted Americans, from Dr. Seuss to the FBI. The Federal Bureau of Investigation sent in agents who uncovered a, quote, gigantic conspiracy scheme to deprive the Negro the right to vote. 
the FBI wrote in their files that the entire list of Negro registrants was challenged. And they found that challengers did or did not challenge registered Negroes on the basis of actual knowledge. But Kemp's new law allows you to challenge thousands without knowing any of them. The feds were about to indict Talmadge, but before he could be arrested, Talmadge had a fatal collision with a bottle of bourbon. You could expect anything from Gene Talmadge, because to begin with, Gene Talmadge was an alcoholic. He was probably two-thirds drunk, two-thirds of the time he was in office. At age 13 or 14, I was working as a bartender. I worked at the Henry Grader Hotel, and that's where he would do his drinking. And they would uh, come by the hotel and get him and take him out as a dead person on a cot and take him back to the governor's mansion. With Talmadge dying, Joe Turner was able to vote. That was the first year that Georgia opened the voting up to blacks. And we all went down to, to register. You see, they asked you to uh, write a line of the of the Constitution. She said, right, there shall be no imprisonment for debt. So she kind of gave you the answer. Yeah, oh yeah. So you cheated. No, so no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I followed the instructions. I see, okay. <laughs> 75 years after Joe Turner won his right to vote, he learned that Kemp had denied the ballot to his nephew, the major, using the same method employed by Talmadge. In 2014, the group founded by Stacey Abrams registered 89,000 voters, mostly young black students, but 40,000 somehow didn't show up on the voter registry. And so we approached the Secretary of State and said, hey, what's up with these 40,000 missing voters? And they responded with launching a criminal investigation into the New Georgia Project and the work that we do, alleging that we somehow uh, are illegally or improperly registering voters. And we're just not going to put up with fraud. I mean, we have zero tolerance for that in Georgia. So we both in an investigation and served some subpoenas. The charges were never filed, but 40,000 voters missed the election. Hey. Hey, Greg. Around that time, I also met with a cheerful group that had launched a campaign called 10,000 Koreans Vote. Now, for 10,000 Koreans to vote, they had to register 10,000 Koreans. And the way we do it is, People fill out their card, kind of like a dentist appointment. Later on, we'll put a stamp here, we'll chop this off, and this goes in the mail to them. But their lawyer, Helen Ho, contacts Kemp's office and says, hey, why don't we see our voters on the rolls? Kemp's response? Police department, search warrant! Open the door! He sent in the robocops to raid the group's office and threatened these elderly Koreans with long prison sentences. Of course, the charges were tossed out. But that was the end of 10,000 Koreans' vote, which was the point. But Kemp's not done. As I speak, he claims that the group Stacey Abrams started recently handed in some registration forms a couple of days late. Now, for this picayune clerical matter, Kemp is demanding that the attorney general arrest the group's leaders and send them to prison for 10 years or more. Absolutely, they want to put us under the jail. It stinks of desperation, and it seeps through everything that they do, and it often comes along with the threat of violence. We are talking about a secretary of state that went after college students. They raided a voter registration office and tried to send all of these college kids to jail. Oh, 
and came against them uh, with criminal actions, right? And the penalty for what they call voter registration fraud in Georgia, it carries with it a penalty of up to $10,000 in fines and 10 years in prison per form. Again, was doing what I do, talking to people everywhere I see them at. Hey, have you voted? <laughs> Ms. Pearson? Yeah. Not everybody likes that I'm doing it. Olivia Pearson's mother led the county's NAACP. My mother sued the uh, city of Douglas to get more representation on the city council. After years of registration drives, Olivia became the first black woman to win election to the council. When I received the letter in 2016 from the Secretary of State signed by Brian Kemp. Kemp used his power as head of the state election board to have Olivia charged with the felony crime of interfering with voters. I could have served up to five years in prison. So it was very, very, very uh, frightening. It was very dis uh, depressing. I had to go and receive counseling to help me to uh, cope with it. Uh, it was horrendous. A jury quickly found her not guilty because, as it turned out, disabled voters had filled out the official forms requesting her help. They had the handcuffs around my back, you know, my hands to the back. I couldn't get into the car with them like that. I was, I was in excruciating pain. The New York Times wrote that Olivia's case made Brian Kemp a pioneer of present-day voter suppression. The young lady that I was with at the time, she told me, she said, Miss Olivia, I don't even want to vote. After all of this, I don't want to vote anymore. I don't want to do it. And I had to beg her and explain to her that that's what they're doing it for, is to cause people to be afraid to exercise the right to vote. And that wraps it up for another episode of Flashpoints. Our executive producer is Dennis Bernstein. Senior producers are Miguel Gavilan Molina and Kevin Pina. Technical director is Mike Biggs. For previous episodes, go to kpfa.org or flashpoints.net. For questions or comments, email dennis at kpfa.org. Thank you for listening. <laughs>